Wilson on the rebound, and the Panthers win it in overtime. 2-1 the final. Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk. It's the 15th episode of the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Territory Talk, Doug Plagans here with you alongside Jamison Olive from FloridaPanthers.com. And as we are just over a week away from the NHL draft, of course we will be in Dallas covering the NHL draft. A special guest joining us here to begin a two-part series in which we will talk about the upcoming NHL draft and the Panthers picking number 15. Fitting that it's episode 15 here. Panthers have the 15th overall pick coming up. And joining us here, we have Panthers broadcaster Randy Moeller. Red Deer Randy Moeller here with us today. And Randy, thanks for stopping by your uh, your maiden voyage here on Territory Talk. This is this uh, the the hype precedes it. The, uh, this is such a luxurious studio that I'm that we're in right here. But I'm happy to be here. I'm privileged to be here. Um, Want to say that I have enjoyed the previous fourteen. Uh, territory talks and that, and uh, I'm very privileged to be on number 15. And uh, we have a lot to cover here. We're going to talk about some of Randy's draft experiences. Of course, Randy was a first-round draft choice. We're going to talk about some of uh, some of his stories that uh, he has from his years covering Panthers drafts over the last decade plus, and then uh, going to get into talking about this upcoming Panthers draft. So we'll get into looking at this 15th overall pick a little bit. But uh, but first. Uh, Randy, I, I just, I guess, just getting into the uh, to the conversation about the NHL draft. Uh, you were a first round pick. Yep. What does it mean for for the kids that uh, that are experiencing this this draft? And and I guess if you could maybe get into some of your draft experiences going off of that. Obviously, you know we talk about it. There's a lot of speculation about the drafts and teams build through the drafts, but. When you look at the kids that are that are just beginning their their pro hockey journey, it all starts right there. Right? Well, it's, it's it is quite a production now. Now, remember when I got drafted back in 1981, there was no television; it was not televised, and that's the one regret out of my whole career. I just wish that either my parents uh, were with me at the draft, which I got the the, the location was uh, in Montreal at the old uh, Montreal Forum. Or at least being able to see it on TV. And uh, they couldn't even, they were getting updates on radio uh, from a radio station in Calgary. So that was the only way. And then, of course, after I got drafted, I went and made a collect phone call. Couldn't afford to pay for the long distance call. (laughs) Collect a phone call to my parents back home and told them exactly where I got drafted and, and with who. The, the thing is, I talked to a couple guys. I talked to Jovo recently, Eck, Mackenzie Weger, about, the, about their drafts. Especially today with social media and a million mock drafts and websites, guys kind of have a year-round buzz building them up, and they kind of know within maybe five or six picks where they're going to land because of that. But for yourself, back then, did you have any idea you'd even be a first-round pick? Well, uh, back then, though, what they do now, I did. I, I met with, I think, four teams. Uh, I met with Quebec, who they took me number 11. I met with Minnesota. They were uh, right after, or two, two picks after. And I met with the Los Angeles Kings, who at that time had the second overall pick. And they ended up taking Doug Smith, a scoring smaller winger from the Ontario Hockey League. Joe Sorella went number three to Colorado. Uh, and I also talked to the Rangers as well. So there was four teams that I talked to. Quebec... 
said if I was still available at number 11, they were taking me. They said, we'll sign a contract right now. We'll guarantee you we're going to take you at 11. So I knew I was going to go 11 or above. Um, and that, and that's exactly where I went. Panthers broadcaster, Red Deer, Randy Muller here with us. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive with you. 15th episode of Territory Talk. And Randy, it seems like now a lot of the guys, you know, especially when they bring these, the guys who are projected to go at the top of the first round, they kind of bring them together for events leading up to the draft, things like that. They they kind of seem to, to know each other a little bit. Did you know much about the other guys that you were gonna that you were gonna be uh, in that first round with? Well, uh, Dale Howardchuck went number one overall to the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and as I said, Smith went second, Sorella went third. Then it went to like Bobby Carpenter uh, went to the Washington Capitals and and that. But uh, there was a number of first round draft picks and second round draft picks that I played with and for. A teammate of mine that went uh, late in the first round was uh, Marty Ruff. He went to the St. Louis Blues, the brother of Lindy, Lindy Ruff. He never really got his NHL uh, career on track. Um, played against Garth Butcher. Uh, he went to Vancouver, uh, was the Vancouver Canucks? I can't remember exactly who he went with. Um, there were some other ones that uh, James Patrick, I, I knew, uh, played. Uh, there, was a, there was a number of, of different players in the first round, the second round. So I was familiar with all of them. I went to a, a, a junior, world junior development camp. Because we were just getting ready to do the um, to do uh, the World Junior Championships, that was one of the first ones tournaments they ever had. So I went to camp with a lot of the a lot of these guys, the Tony Tantes and the Paul Batilliers and and Howard Chuck Sorella, all these guys. So I went to these camps in Kingston, met them all. So this was before the draft. And one of the coolest things about your draft is that it was in one of the most famous hockey venues <laughs> that there's ever been. Yeah. So you, it was at the Montreal Forum. Was there? Did you feel a, a mystique to your draft because it was in that building yeah I'd never been I never been to Montreal never been to the form obviously I grew up watching hockey night in Canada Danny Gallivan and Dick Irvin from the Montreal form Ewan Cornway and Guy Lafleur blah 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 and that so for me walking in the morning of the draft now remember the draft back then there was no Friday night first round and then Saturday the rest of the rounds it was all day Saturday. It started, I think, at 8 o'clock in the morning. It went to like 7 o'clock at night. It was one day. It was a marathon. We got there early, uh, flew into Montreal. My agent, uh, there was a few of us, so we had the same agent, and went out for dinner the night before, and then we got there in the morning, and walking into the Montreal Forum with all those Stanley Cups of the, of the Canadians was a big thrill. And then um, I tell the story. Uh, before I was drafted, we're all sitting up in the stands, and I was so nervous. And and that when you're nervous, you're young, you got to go to the bathroom. So I went <laughs> down the, the stairs and around the corner, and went into the bathroom at the Montreal Forum. And I'm there. I'm just standing at the at the urinal, and I look over to my right and look up, and there was Larry Robinson, who was one of my heroes. Grew up, I, because I'm a defenseman, Larry Robinson was at the top of my list or whatever, and he was standing in the next urinal. And so I quickly tried to clean off my right hand as best I could, and I stuck it out, and I said, and I'd like to shake your hand, Mr. Robinson, I'm a big fan of yours. Had you, did. Had you zipped the fly yet? Or uh, you still- uh, yes, I zipped the fly <laughs> and, uh, and that, but uh, I caught him off guard, but he was very nice. 
And uh, so I met Larry Robinson. That was even before I even got drafted. So he, he was there actually for the draft day. I'm really intrigued. Now, guys, when they get drafted, they kind of immediately become celebrities. I mean, they immediately have the car, like the hockey cards. Yeah. They're immediately in video games, all that stuff. But for yourself, back in the early 80s, when was the first moment you kind of felt like an NHL? Or what, was there any kind of thing that happened? Well, you know, obviously, when you're drafted in the first round, there's high expectations. So, and Quebec was transitioning from a very old team that they inherited when they came from the World Hockey Association into the NHL. My first training camp was, the team was littered with 30, 35, 37-year-olds. All great players, but older players. They were trying to get younger. So I knew that I could probably break into the lineup sooner than later. I went back to junior for, for one more year, and then I made as a 19-year-old, and that's when I started my NHL career. But um, I knew that I could play. Uh, I thought I was going to make the team as an 18-year-old. Uh, the, the team just had too many contracts, guaranteed contracts, and that. It was a numbers game. That's what they told me. So I went back to junior and had a very successful year. But I knew I could play in the NHL uh, after about my first week of training camp. And you have that first, I believe, at the draft. I know you've talked about this before, that first meal. <laughs> yes. As a Quebec Nordique. Well, here's what happens. Very quickly, if you, the first round, all the first round picks and the team. So when you get drafted, you come down, you meet the team, you put this jersey on, take the pictures, you go to the draft table and you sit with the team and you meet all the scouts and the president and the coach and general manager, everybody. After the first round's over, they had a tradition at the Montreal Forum where all the teams would go upstairs to this fancy restaurant that they had and have lunch. So we all went up there and everybody had their own table. Same thing as at the draft. So these tables were, you know, about 13, 14 people all sitting around. And I was privileged to join them. They invited me to go to the lunch. All the first round draft picks with their teams, go to the lunch. We're all standing around and we're about to sit down. They'd already served the soup and the soup was tomato soup. And it was sitting right down in front of everybody's place setting that. I had on a, a tweed jacket with a tweed tie. And I went to sit down and I, I was so nervous. And I'm looking around and I sat down and I, my tie went right into the soup, about six <laughs> inches my tie. And everybody was just kind of milling around. And I didn't think anybody could see me. So I very strategically pulled out my tie and I wrung the tomato soup out of the bottom of it. And then I just took it and then I tucked it into my pants and then closed up my, my suit jacket. Nobody saw. But later on, I had, it looked like I'd been stabbed in the belly. I had tomato <laughs> soup all over the front of my white shirt. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, an embarrassing start to my career. Actually, that pretty well sums up my career. And like you said, the draft really is all about stories. Oh, yeah. No matter where you go, no matter how your career turns out, everyone ends up with a story at the draft. And obviously, you've had a great career in broadcasting since your playing career. You've been with the Panthers now for as long as any of us can remember. And you said, I think, earlier you covered 12, 13 drafts so far as a broadcaster. I think Doug and I, just, just before we started, I, uh, we covered, I believe it was 2003, when the Panthers here hosted the draft, and that was the Stephen Weiss draft. I think that was 2003 or 2002. And that was the first one. And we actually, my broadcast partner at the time, Jiggs McDonald, the Hall of Famer, we broadcast live that day on WQAM, obviously, is the rights holder for the Panthers uh, now. So uh, that was the first time we covered the covered. And I remember Stephen Weiss coming out of the tunnel and to meet the Panthers. And I looked at him and I said, oh, my God. 
We've just picked a 13-year-old as our first draft pick <laughs> this year. Stephen Weiss looked like he was 13 years old. Very slight, small. I remember the pictures you've seen of him and that he actually he ended up being a very productive player and had a great career. But uh, um, it's a special time for the players, as you mentioned, Jameson, that uh, now with all the social media and all the mock drafts and the magazines and the programs and the buildup in that, uh, there's not a lot of drama as far as it's slotted. These, these players seem like they're slotted and, and that they're only going to move up or down a few slots, right? Back when I was drafted, it, there was huge swings. I mean, there was players that thought they were going in the first round, that they're still sitting in the stands in the fifth round, and vice versa. There was players that just decided to show up. Ah, yeah, I guess I'm going to be drafted, so I may as well go to the Montreal Forum. I'm only driving down the road or whatever. And they show up and end up being taken late in the first round. Dreams happen, dreams are crushed, uh, but there's a lot of players. It's only the first step when you get drafted. Then the real fun begins with development camp and obviously uh, starting your pro career. Is there one kind of wow moment or funny story that sticks out from your years of covering the draft with the Panthers? Um, uh, the year uh, uh, Kovalchuk, no, excuse me, Ovechkin got drafted. There was a lot of hype. Uh, of that, uh, his personality, should they take him, should the Washington Capitals take him first overall and all that. Um, there's always, I don't know if there's any wow moments or, or any, any, any funny ones. I think there has been uh, um, a lot of raised eyebrows over some of the draft picks that unfortunately some of them have not worked out. So there's some real head scratchers. Why would this team take this player at this time? Um, who was it, Doug, that you and I what draft was it a couple years ago where you and I had to turn the page three times for one of the Panther picks? You know, it was uh, it was what there wasn't a lot of information on Borgstrom at the time that Henry he was Borkstrom. chosen. Yeah. So, so yeah, Doug and I were all sitting there waiting, and, and here's the Panthers, and they're about, well, will they take this kid or this kid or whatever? And Dale Talon goes up, or whoever made the pick, and said, and the Panthers take Henrik Borgstrom. And we're both looking at our list and going, and now we have to turn the next page, and we're looking at the list, and we were like on page three, and there he was. And how about, so you think uh, of a kind of a wild story, how ironic and, and look at how the talent. Somebody knew that the Henrik Borgstrom was going to be a special talent, which we all know he is, and uh, he's about to really launch his NHL career. And that was one of those moments, I know, it, from the moment we met him at that draft and got to talk to him, you're, you know, just talking to him. We hadn't seen him on the ice yet, but just talking to him and seeing just how much fun he was having, seeing the personality he had, the confidence he had. Mm -hmm. You can just get that sense right away that this guy is is destined for big things. And sure enough, uh, you know, he looks like he's he's on that path. But, but you just wonder, you just wonder, why wasn't he rated so much higher? What were other teams not seeing in him that the Panthers did see in him? Obviously, they made the right choice. And that's what the draft's all about, really, when you get right down to it. And I know just from from sitting next to you the last couple of drafts, I know it, it when we're when we're on the air um, doing our draft broadcast, which we're going to do again on mm -hmm. uh, on WQAM this year. But uh, when you're when you're sitting there, you know, going through the draft, whether it's the first round or the seventh round, it's always exciting when we get to have one of those first conversations with the with a kid who just realized one of his dreams, getting drafted. I, I was one of the biggest players ever drafted at what for my draft. Now, you and I covering the draft. Jameson, you've covered the last couple as well, uh, that how big these kids are now. They're monsters. Yeah, you still have smaller players that are drafted, the skill forwards or whatever, but most of these players now have the size and the strength, and they're in great shape. 
And I think the maturity, because we talk to these kids and we and we interview them and, and being around, the maturity that these kids possess now, you didn't see when uh, I, the, some of the years when I was drafted as well. We weren't, I had no idea. I had never been, you know, to Montreal before. Uh, here's another quick story. So the night before the draft, we go out, our agent takes us to a fancy restaurant, a steakhouse in Montreal. And everybody is ordering and everybody decides they're all going to have Caesar salad. I never had Caesar salad before. I'd never heard of <laughs> Caesar salad before. So I immediately ordered a Caesar salad with Thousand Island uh, dressing. Well, everybody at the table looked at me like, who is this hick? I'd never had, I'd never heard of Caesar salad before. <laughs> I was right off the farm in Red Deer. So there you go. Caesar salad with Thousand Island <laughs> dressing. I have to try that. You know, just need <laughs> some extra dressing, vary up the flavors. Well, yeah, you, about 9,000 calories by the time you put that Yeah, well, yeah, so. be swimming in the dressing. An example, you mentioned the, you know, the the physical maturity of some of the, the kids. Now, Austin Matthews, a couple of years ago, oh. I remember seeing him walk by on Radio Row thinking, Wait, but he's 18 years old? He you looks know? like he's 26. And and just a, you know, towering, imposing figure. And that's why, you, you know, that's why he's made such an immediate impact with the uh, Toronto Maple you know, I, And we have to keep telling ourselves, reminding ourselves that these players that are getting drafted, that we talk about with the maturity physically and mentally, they're only 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. It's absolutely amazing how big they are and mature they are. So good on them. They're they're brought up well. They're coached well, and that. And I think they're a lot. They're a lot more prepared to play in the NHL than they were years ago. And now moving ahead to uh, to this draft that the the 2018 draft coming up right around the corner. Here we're just over a week away from it. Panthers picking number 15 in uh, in this first round coming up. And and Randy, the Panthers in a good, good situation in that this first round pick it can be a project. It's a it's a great asset to have that first round pick, but it can be a, a player that could be a little bit more of a project. The Panthers aren't necessarily looking for a guy to immediately contribute out of this draft. Yeah, the way the Panthers they're built now and the depth that they have and the talent that they have the expectations for their first round pick if they take it at 15 is to develop and take time to develop unfortunately we've seen it too often I've seen it too often around the league and with the Panthers where because of the lack of depth and the lack of talent these young players they get drafted and they're they're pushed into the NHL maybe before they're ready and the Panthers have the luxury now of developing these players and that. It'll be interesting who, who they will take. Will Dale Talon take that? He loves his draft picks. He doesn't trade them very often. But like he has said, he's open to uh, conversations. I don't anticipate the Panthers trading that first pick 15th overall. But you never know. But like, like we say, like you don't anticipate it, Dale. I remember the deadline, he, people were asking for the draft pick, and he said, you know, I love to draft. That's what I do. He loves yeah. drafting. But if there ever was a year to do it, I think this is the year, considering how close the Panthers are and the fact that that kind of four- or five-year window with Barkov, Trojan, Kuber is now really just starting to open. If you're going to do it, now is the year. But if yeah. they don't, like you said, you're going to get a difference maker at 15, whether it's a guy that's ready in two years or a guy that's ready in four years. So yeah. you can either kind of – Look long term and restock the prospect pool, which is you know been getting better and better over the years. Or maybe this is the year you go for it. You go and trade and get a superstar with this pick. Yeah, you maybe yeah. It's an asset. It's definitely an asset. The draft, all your draft picks are assets. All your players that are, are tradable are assets. So we'll we'll see what happens. But the the, the Panthers are, are in great shape. It's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter that there's going to be a lot of moves in and around the draft. 
the night before, the morning of the draft, on Friday, and then on Saturday as well. They, they expect the so-called experts that follow the NHL expect that there could be a lot of different moves and trades. So coming up with the first round of the, uh, of the NHL draft, that will be uh, Friday night, June 22nd, and then uh, the rest of the draft will be that uh, Saturday morning. It'll be in Dallas, uh, so the 22nd, 23rd, that's the upcoming draft. Lots of ways that uh, everybody's going to be able to follow along. And, of course, this is just part one of our draft preview. Randy's going to join us again next week to uh, talk more about this upcoming draft. But uh, you'll be able to, as always, go to floridapanthers.com. We'll have tons of content there. You get to know the uh, get to know the draft picks and, and get to find out the information as it comes across. We're going to be uh, we're going to be on WQAM Friday night and uh, Saturday morning into the early afternoon for the uh, for the draft. So you have that uh, again. Just lots of ways you can follow along on Twitter. So lots of different ways to, to take in the information with draft coming up. And like you said, with next and a part two of this draft series, we're definitely looking at the draft as a whole. The Panthers have six total picks, just and one in every round except the third round. So be a lot more to talk about. I'm gonna get into the fun names, the fun guys. The Panthers have done really well lately, getting difference makers later in the rounds, like Maxine Mammon recently, guys Mackenzie Weger in years past, guys like that. But for the first round pick, it's where all the attention really goes. No matter how your draft is, you can have a great later draft, but all the attention is usually on that first guy. And the Panthers, like you said, they can do a lot with this pick. They've drafted a forward four out of the last five years. Yep. And this yep. is considered a really good defensive draft with guys like Quentin Hughes, Rasmus Dahlin, obviously, going to go number one yep. in every mock draft. He's the guy. So, Randy, as a defenseman, what's your thoughts on kind of going with a guy like a defenseman that usually take longer to develop in the first round? Well, yeah, a defenseman takes a little bit longer to develop and to, and to play and make an impact in the NHL. Um, I... I, I a lot of the general managers, including Dale Talon, has said that they'll take the best player available. Now, the only time that I think that Dale Talon specifically took a player by position was Alexander Barkov. He, he said it, in order to build a, a, a franchise, you've got to have that number one dominant centerman that can chew up a lot of ice time, and the Panthers did not have that. So... That's the that's the one time, but I expect by the time that the Panthers hang on to the draft pick, which is number fifteen, and that there's a number of players that are in and around there, good defensemen and and forwards as well. Um, they'll take the best player that they believe will have the biggest impact, regardless of how long he's going to take it to develop. They're not looking, as you said, Doug. They're not looking for somebody to come right in as an eighteen year old to make the team. They don't need that. Um, if he does, it's a bonus. But they they want to make sure that when he steps on the ice, as the old saying, we don't want him to play two years and then out of the league. We want him to develop in two years and then play 12 years in the league. That's like, what they want. Like we said, lots of good defensemen here. I mean, one guy I got my eye on is Bodie Wild. Correct. Uh, parents, professional skiers. He yep. went the hockey route. I mean, he's 6'2", 195. Like you said, this kid's coming in huge already. Yep. Great offensive upside, great defensive upside. Could be there when the Panthers are drafting. But and a mature kid, too, and very mentally mature, yeah. uh, and physically in that. So, yeah, he, he could. You, you can never have too many defensemen. Um, uh, they're tough to come by. Players that can eat up uh, minutes. Top four defensemen 
are very rare. And if you've got one, or if you can draft one, that's that's what you need to do. And when you look at the Panthers depth chart, they do have right now Owen Tippett, Henrik Borgstrom, uh, Alexi Hepaniami in the forward yeah. crop right now. But when you look at the defense, if you look at a guy that maybe projects as a potential top four, I mainly only see really maybe Max Gildon, the guy that drafted last year with Correct. the potential. They have a lot of guys that maybe can play in the NHL, but as far as like that really high ceiling, I'm only really looking at him. So like I said, maybe this is the time you go yeah. defense. But the one X factor for the Panthers in recent years has been Yari Kekalainen. The Panthers head of European scouting. He is the guy that's gone out there, tapped Dale Talon on the shoulders, and pointed the Finnish players and said, get this kid. I mean, that's how you get Barkov. That's how you get Borgstrom. And uh, there are a couple good Finns in the first round of this draft. Uh, Rasmus Kapari is one of them, uh, a really talented forward. But at this point, Randy, in your opinion, if, if Yari comes to you and says, hey, take this kid at this point, do you have to just take him? Well, I, I mean, he's got a good track record yeah. uh, in that. Um, the, the game has changed, though. And when I was drafted, all 90% of the of the defensemen were big defensemen, physical, move the puck, you know, and that shovel it up the ice and away you go. Now, today's game, you have to be able to skate. You have to be able to uh, handle a puck. You've got to be a part of the offense. You can't just move the puck and then just coast up the ice. You have to be involved. So that seems to tend towards the European player defenseman a little bit more mobile, maybe not quite the size of the Canadians or the Americans, but but uh, as as much or even more of a skill. And that I'm a big believer now in you've got to have mobile uh, players, defensemen that can move the puck and skate. And that and uh, unfortunately, if I was being drafted, this was my draft year. I would be take be probably taken in the fifth or the sixth round because my skating ability just wouldn't be able to keep up at the time. It's just plain and simple. You take a look at the video and the way players played at the time and that and the speed of the game and the speed of the game now and the skill of the game now it's amazing that's why a guy like Mackenzie Weger has uh, really blossomed with the Florida Panthers and, and had a kind of a breakout year because of his mobility and be able to handle a puck skate backwards forwards uh, his is able to pivot skate with it go jump into the play shoot pass and that he's got it all you talked about the, the changes in, in over in Europe, and I think one of the biggest things is the improvement in the European leagues, like the Dell, like Liga, and Overton, and things like that. And that's why I am kind of becoming more of a, a fan of drafting these Europeans who immediately, when they're 18, rather than going back to junior, they're playing over against men in Finland, kind of like Barkov did for, for a year before he came over. How much of a benefit do you see in that as a four-player? Maybe if you would have had the chance. Yeah, to play, I mean, the you, you, you see it. You, you see, well, Alexander Barkov, he was playing against grown men when he was 15, 16. 16 years old and it, it, it benefit of that. The other thing too, they don't play as many games over there. So there's a lot more practice. There's a lot more development of skills. And I think that's a benefit for, for those players. I, I, I agree with you, James. I think the, the European, the way the Europeans now develop and prepare their young players for the pro game is a lot different and a lot better, a lot more beneficial than it was a number of years ago. I, I played with a number of uh, great Europeans, but I also there was a number of European players that came over that just were not prepared. They were not prepared physically. They were not prepared for the smaller ice surface. Um, now, when you see the Finns and the Swedes and 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 players from anywhere in the and that are non-North American, they're much more prepared for the NHL pro game. Now. And it, it seems like half the Panthers now are either Russian or Finnish. So you know Dale Town and this hockey ops group is definitely open to the, the European players. And, and back then, uh, when I was drafted, uh, I mean, even like colleges, whatever, they'd maybe get one scout come and see one of their games a year. Now, 
it doesn't matter where you play in the world, if you're talented and you have potential, the scouts are going to see you, and everybody's got video now, and everybody's is scouting all the games, whether it's junior, Europe, uh, high school, college, you name it. If you've got the skill, somebody's going to find you. It's They'll hard, discover you. It's harder to find that diamond in the rough because if you know if there's a good player out there, chances are more than one team has uh, has taken note That's of the it. guy with all the resources and information available. Maxime Mammon, another guy that uh, came in having played a few seasons uh, of pro hockey over in Russia before yep. making a, a nice impact on the Panthers last season. Territory Talk, Episode 15, first part of our two-part series previewing the 2018 NHL Draft. Big thanks to our guest, Randy Moeller, for joining us today. You can see him between the benches on Fox Sports Florida. You can catch him uh, across all platforms of uh, of media. And you can catch him on Twitter at hey Red Deer. Randy, thanks for stopping by today. And we look forward to talking to you again next week as we keep previewing the draft. Yeah, I look forward to Dallas. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's, uh, it's always fun. And it's great to be around these young players as they begin the first step of the professional career. And I'm happy for them, excited for them. Randy Moeller, our guest here today. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Jameson, tell everybody where they can catch you on Twitter. Uh, at Jameson Coop on Twitter. At Jameson Coop. You can catch me at Doug Plagans. And as always, you can find the podcast, floridapanthers.com slash territory talk, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. You can find the archived episodes, all the old stuff. You want to get caught up on where territory talk has been before as we continue moving along with the uh, with the series. You can find that online. And Doug, t- we're ending the party right now for this episode of Territory Talk, but there's a Florida Panthers party this weekend, correct, on Friday? Yes, there is a cocktail party downtown wow. Fort Lauderdale, him or she, 4 to 8 on uh, Friday, that is uh, this Friday, downtown Fort Lauderdale, a uh, Panthers 25th anniversary cocktail party. Open to all, 4 to 8 on Friday. We will see you there. We will see you there, folks. So, again, thanks for joining us here today. This has been Episode 15 of Territory Talk. Again, uh, check out the old episodes. They're all online, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.